Hello there and what's up everybody? This is your host Praddy once again and welcome to episode number 31 of the MWF series. Now for those of you who are tuning in for this particular episode for the first time, I'll just give you a little brief rundown of what this entire series entails. So basically the MWS series, which is short for the midweek fixture series, is something that I started in season two. And here in this series, we review games that have happened across the week, whether it be weekday Champions League matches or weekend league matches or even Champions League matches in this particular case. So... This is part one, and for part one, we're going to be reviewing the game between Barcelona women and PSG women, or Femini. And to help me review this game, we've got two guests on the podcast. We've got Luca, who is a Barcelona women supporter, and he also runs an account called Football Pulse, so you can check that out on Twitter. And we've got Reem, who supports PSG Women, and she is a part of the PSG fan club in Lebanon. To those of you who have been listening to the podcast, you'll know about them because we've had Joseph multiple times on the podcast before, and we had Carl as well recently. So welcome once again, Reem and Luca, to the podcast. I am glad we could have you on here. And I guess we'll start off with the main question, which is what were your thoughts on that game? As a PSG fan, I'm, uh, first of all, very proud of PSG, no matter what. They have reached the semifinals, and we can't forget their amazing win against the best team in Europe, which is Lyon. Hard luck for them. Finger, uh, fingers crossed for the next year. Katoto played very well, and this was expected, since she's the key player of PSG. And all in all, uh, the team played very well, but the ball position was with Barcelona most of the time. Even though Barcelona won, for me, the, the first goal was uh, actually offside. All right. But, I mean, yeah. yeah, we'll definitely come into that decision as well in a while. Yeah, I think Barcelona started really well. I think they were more aggressive, uh, more direct than in the first leg and more efficient as well, which has been one of the few issues in recent years that they really usually struggle to take all their chances. So I think they fought really well for the entire 90 minutes and definitely a performance that all fans can be proud of, uh, especially because PG made matters much more difficult after going down. I think they had some great opportunities, especially in the second half. But overall, uh, really a complete performance uh, from Barcelona because they started really well with a high press and um, took their chances and then they defended with a lot of tenacity and I think overall definitely deserve to be in the final although PSG were strong opponents. Definitely and Reem talking about PSG obviously you mentioned PSG beating Lyon who were the current holders of the Champions League. Given that result and given the result of the first leg how confident were you coming into the second leg that you could probably get past Barcelona? Yes, we were thinking that the one against Lyon will motivate the players. So uh, we can't forget that Lyon won seven times the Champions League and the last five years, uh, Lyon was dominating it. But that's football. We can't do anything. Right. And Luca, Barcelona obviously have had this amazing season. We've looked at the stats when we've talked about the previous games. So many goals scored, uh, very few goals conceded. But when PSG scored the first goal, I just wanted to know 
did you feel nervous that it could be a tighter game or were you fairly confident that you would see it out I was confident that they would win, but the tension was obviously rising because the way the team defended that set piece was just, I think, a bit... Yeah, they were, just weren't up to uh, that moment and they needed to switch focus on again, which they did. But overall, I was confident that they would win the game, but it was close. PSG had a good amount of opportunities in the second half. Right, and we've got Reem's opinion on that first goal, but I want to get your opinion on this, Luca. That first goal, I know we don't have VAR in the women's game as yet, but I just want to know, did you think it was offside or do you think the... For me, it was touch and go. I think the left-back may have just played him onside, but I just want to know your thoughts on this as well. Not quite sure either whether it was offside or not, but it would in general definitely be quite good to have VAR Uh, I mean it's such a big tournament and these calls can decide these games so I think it would definitely be better also in the first leg Barca were probably denied two penalties so it would definitely be useful to have VAR in the Champions League I'm not sure whether it was an offside goal but maybe it was so in that case we're obviously very unlucky for PSG Yes, I thought that this goal was offside. That's it. Right. No, okay. And Reem, I want to get your thoughts because we talked about VAR being important for the women's game, especially for a competition like the Women's Champions League. But VAR obviously comes with its faults, which we've seen a lot in the men's game. And there's been a lot of controversy surrounding it. What are your thoughts on it? Do you think even despite its faults, it is still a requirement for the women's game? It would be better if they uh, introduce the or it could give them a better and clear image uh, of the shot. Maybe this could help a little, even if there is a mistake. Yeah, I'm sure about that because obviously the pace at which the game is played, even though there are falls, I think VR could still limit some of the mistakes that the referees make because we all know how difficult it is. For them to quote Correct. nowadays. So I completely, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, uh, Luca, why don't you tell me your thoughts on this? I think VAR should be in the women's game, but I'm not a big fan of VAR either. But for me, the main issue is that the rules just leave so much room for interpretation. And that has been the major issue in the men's game as well, because uh, these days no one really knows anymore what is the handball and what is still within the rules. And I think that's what needs to change first. And once you have clear-cut rules again, then you can maybe introduce VAR because in itself, uh, the technology works well, in my opinion. I completely agree. And that's why I was a little skeptical of outright saying whether it was offside or onside because even with VAR, we know how those lines work. And so we don't know where the line would have been drawn there and what would have actually probably been offside could have been deemed onside and we'd only have, again, VAR to blame in this case. But look at, we know that Barcelona progressed now to the final, which is a huge thing for the club. I just want to know who would you most likely like to play? Uh, I know Chelsea and Bayern are going right now and it's quite an even game there, but who would you like to play and what would you expect from either side? can't really pick a favorite, to be honest. Uh, Chelsea obviously have a lot of individual quality as well. And Bayern are still a young and developing team. But I think it would 
in either case would be very interesting encounters. Now against Bayern, I think we could expect a great midfield uh, clash because Bayern obviously also like to uh, dominate possession and they are really uh, intense. You know, uh, in the midfield, they have the likes of Sarah Zatrazio and Nina Magol and such. So that would probably be a key factor if Bayern were to be the opponent. And against Chelsea, I think we could anticipate a game which is a bit more similar, uh, like the semi-final against PSG. Chelsea also uh, have a very strong defense. They can both dominate a game via possession, but they can also switch back, which you could also see in the WSL game against Manchester City. So I think Chelsea would be a bit like the semi-final against PSG. And the game against Bayern would probably be a bit more even in terms of the possession spread. But now Bayern are probably as a team not as developed as Chelsea are, but I think they are also a really good side and they are getting better and better. So I can't really say which side would be a better opponent. Either way, I think it would be a very uh, interesting game. And how would you rate Barcelona's chances against them, uh, given your season so far? I think the chances are very good. If Barca managed to press as intense as they did today and have their usual possession spells uh, and can play their best 11, I think Barca will go into the final as favourites, uh, no matter if they face Bayern or Chelsea. So I think the chances are quite good. Like when you consider how the team played two years ago in the final against Lyon, they were just overrolled in the first half. And since then, they have improved so much uh, in approaching these big games. So I think the chances are quite good. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be an even game. I definitely, it's set up for a very enthralling final. Reem, talking about the Champions League, Unfortunately, PSG could not make it to the final, but they're still challenging for the league. When you were playing Barcelona, Lyon overtook you in the league, but you still have one game in hand and only two points behind. Do you think it is now very important for PSG to win the league and beat Lyon in the league as well? Yes, sure, sure. And they can win Lyon. They won the first time and they can do it one more time. Full uh, trust with my team and hope so. Brilliant. Awesome. So, I guess that's it for this particular part. Thank you, Luca and Reem, for coming onto this podcast. I know it's a short segment, but I'd love to host you again for similar such reviews or for our longer podcast where we talk about the women's game or your particular clubs in much detail. So, thank you once again for coming on here and giving your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, it was a pleasure. Awesome. And to those of you who've been listening to this podcast, that's it for part one or segment one of episode number 31. I'll catch you all on part two, which is coming up right after this. See you. All right. So welcome now to part two or segment two of episode number 31 of the MWS series. If you've been listening to this entire episode all the way from part one, then thank you for sticking with us. And if you're joining us for part two only, then please do listen to part one, which is quite an engaging chat as well. So for part two, we're going to be reviewing the game between Real Madrid and Chelsea in the Champions League. 
to help me discuss about this game we've got two guests on the podcast we've got harsh who is a member of the bombay penya madridista club which is the official real madrid club in bombay or mumbai india and yeah he's been supporting real madrid for just over a decade so i'm glad we could have him on here and we have shubham who supports chelsea he's been supporting chelsea for i think 13 odd years and yeah he's also a member of the navi mumbai supporters club which before we started recording we had a chat about how rapidly that's grown and i'm glad we could have them on here we they haven't been on the podcast before so it's always nice to have a couple of fresh faces on here and i guess we'll start off with the big question for today's part of today's episode and that is what were your thoughts on that game thank you pradeep for having me and uh, my thoughts uh, my well if i had to sum it up in one sen- sentence it would probably be struggle and lot of struggle i mean there was a lot of hard work on the pitch from uh, the team i mean uh, that lineup if i have to say that was uh, a very you know interesting lineup to say you know a 352 formation from madrid that to we had a lot of players missing and we had to make a few adjustments here and there but all in all actually i was i won't say i was overly impressed but i was uh, satisfied with the performance we gave given the conditions we were in but yeah i am hoping much much better things for the second leg i think i'm pretty much happy with how my team played the first leg i think we could have easily scored couple of goals in the first half itself and wrapped up the game but nevertheless you know second half they had benzema who scored the goal 1-1 taking a 1-1 draw away from home is a very good thing considering we have that away goal going into stamford bridge so yeah i think things could have been better had werner not missed his opportunities had we converted our chances in the first half itself it would have been a completely different game and probably even the game would have been wrapped up in the first leg itself but yeah this is champions league that's how it has been over the years you get your chances you have to convert those if you don't then you you will face serious repercussions so overall i'm happy with the 1-1 draw and looking forward to the second leg yeah i mean had bernard not missed opportunity seems to be a recurring theme for this season i mean for all the shit that he's been putting up with he's actually got a decent enough output in terms of goals and assists this season yes 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 so considering the overall goals and assists this season he has 22 goals plus assists this season which has which is the number one for us so overall i'm pretty much you know i would say satisfied with werner's performance for this season but yeah in a champions league game when you have you are one on one you have to just hit on the target you can't miss those and that's how the case has been over the years if you miss these chances then it's going to be pretty bad for your team so and especially against i suppose yeah. real madrid who have been so impressive in the champions league exactly. you know because the last round liverpool missed a lot of chances initially and we saw how if you don't take your chances you know you could soon find yourself out of the champions league tournament and so yeah i can i can totally understand your sentiments there that you know you need to be as clinical as possible yes 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 so you see against liverpool you know liverpool made couple of mistakes and madrid just pounced on them scored the goals and took a 3-1 win in the first game and then in the second leg we saw there were so many chances liverpool had they, they could have even won it tunnel they could have just won the tie and defeated madrid but again it's all about converting in these big games and madrid being just madrid they know how to get the results how to grind these games in the toughest of the situations and they have proved it in the last game and 
leg one was also an example of how you have to just grind the result no matter what no matter your right. best is missing or not you just have right. to get it done i i completely agree and harsh uh, talking about players missing i think remedred had probably a re- has set a record for the number of injuries this season yet they find themselves in a semi final of the champions league it's crazy i was talking to a real madrid fan before when we were doing a review of the previous round and he said coming up against chelsea would be a lot tougher because of the way they set up and i just wanted to know what you made of that do you think chelsea is a tougher opponent than say a liverpool in the last round Um, considering the way Liverpool played, yes, I mean, they did have a few players who were out of form in their attack. But I feel Chelsea's uh, strong point is their midfield. I mean, Kante was extremely fantastic uh, in the last match, and I think maybe there's a uh, heavy chance that they'll probably miss Kovacic in the next match, and it'll be as important a loss as let's say if Ramos did not play for us, or for that matter, even Modric. So I think uh, Kovacic and Kante have a lot of impact in the midfield for them. Even I think Pulisic had a really nice game. So I feel uh, if we have to worry about something coming from Chelsea, that would be their midfield for sure. Because uh, Kovacic has, I mean, I have a few Chelsea friends who have been uh, talking about him the entire season, and it couldn't make me any happier seeing him uh, perform at such an impressive level. Because I have, I mean, Kovacic came from Madrid to Chelsea, and I have been a fan of that guy. so it makes me really happy that he is so impressive so if i feel like if we are to win the game we have to make sure that cruz casemiro and modric uh, are on their best against uh, these guys exactly and I, i sorry sorry for interrupting you, but i i think that's also the conversation that i had with the madrid fan earlier on which was despite your defensive frailties it is your midfield that probably runs the game and we saw that against liverpool the first leg they gave you so many minutes on the ball especially in midfield like cruz modric casemiro that they could just dictate play and and i guess here we spoke about kante and kovacic probably nullifying that effect of the midfield so i don't know whether if you'd agree with me that your midfield trio is probably the most important cog in that entire team definitely definitely i think uh, those three along with Benzema I are the key for us you know in scoring those goals well, again uh, we saw in the last match itself against Chelsea Benzema produced like two extreme moments of genius is like one shot that hit, uh, hit the crossbar that was quite unlucky for us or else we would have been probably to one up but we always give the chances we don't take so, I mean that was a bad luck uh, if anything right? but the all that went in i think that was uh, extremely fantastic that was like i would say there was that was like the goal of the season for me so i think those four are like extremely important for if we are to win this game benzema for sure has to score you you mentioned about the 352 that madrid have, that madrid used or adopted in this particular game they have done that previously as well in la liga especially i just wanted to know for this game for the first leg were you slightly surprised by the tactics that zidane employed were you thinking that he'd probably go a little more attacking in a way Actually, given that I, you were at home i was pretty sure that uh, this was going to be a 352 because we were missing our important defenders we did not uh, have ramos we did not have monte so i knew that uh, and since we had three defenders we knew i knew that this was going to be a three man defense because uh, we had played the exact same way in the previous la liga games but only thing that bugged me was uh, seeing marcelo playing at that left wing back role because to be honest he at this age at this point 
just cannot for the life of them come back to defend and i think marcelo was one of the reasons that kante and pulisic got so much space on that uh, left hand side for the team so i think yes it's a little surprising that despite us having defenders zidane played 352 but i would have preferred a 433 if since marcelo was playing but let's say monday is going to come back in the next leg so i feel this is going to be a fairly straightforward 433 in the next one fair enough and yeah we'll talk about the next game in a bit but okay actually right now <laughs> shivam the second yeah. leg it's only 90 minutes played but it's only half time i just wanted to know what you expect from tuchel's chelsea come second leg at stamford bridge do you see him play a similar sort of team and also how important like we mentioned is it to nullify real madrid's defense once again yeah so firstly uh, going back to harsh question about kovacic and kante midfield so good news for madrid fans is that kovacic is still not fit so he might probably not be there for the game so we are expecting jorginho and kante to start in the midfield too but i just hope in the last moment if somehow he manages to recover and he plays that game i think that's going to be probably the best two midfielders playing against real madrid and that's going to be seriously causing problems to madrid so going back to the formation yeah i expect us to go with 343 formation three at the back and wing backs as benchelwell and rice james midfield of kante and jorginho and pulisic mount and probably i just hope it is havertz starting as a false nine and not werner this time because it's matter of 90 minutes there might be just one opportunity we get in the entire game and we have to just convert it so i feel that if it's giroud if it's tammy if it's havertz they get that opportunity they are going to convert it for sure but if it's werner i'm not sure considering what he has been doing over the last 3 months so if the only formation change i expect from last game is havertz replacing werner considering havertz has already scored a brace in the weekend so he looks pretty confident and he has that good bonding with mason mount as well in the midfield so i hope that if havertz starts then this is going to be a pretty good game for us and how important is it to get i know yeah getting to a final is always important but given that you are also facing a fight for that top four spot and your upcoming matches aren't the easiest of the lot and i just wanted to know would there be some sort of balance or some sort of compromise being made by tukul to prioritize one over the other yeah 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 we can already see that uh, you know in the weekend kante and jorginho were rested for a game against fulham we had billy gilmore we have missed kovacic in the last few weeks so midfield is a place where we have shortage of players but if you see the forward line we have ample amount of players we have giroud on the bench tammy abraham kalamats nodoy hakim ziyech so that's not a problem even in the defense like madrid are already facing problems but i don't feel we have problems in the defense we have ample amount of players there as well zuma antonio rudiger christiansen thiago silva aspiliqueta these are our four five center backs then we have wing backs as alonso emerson chilwell rice james and even aspiliqueta so there isn't any shortage of players at the moment in the defense and the forward line but yes in the midfield is where we are struggling at the moment so just in case had we played jorginho and kovacic over the weekend there could have been problems leading to the game against real madrid fair enough and i guess the same questions also there for you harsh because surprisingly enough real madrid find themselves in the midst of a title challenge given atletico's poor run of late and you know the fact that you've beaten barcelona means on head to head you are above them even though you're same on points and 
the fact that they're going to be playing at each other and you you know you could still have a chance to pip them i just want to know how important or where zidane's priorities would be and also what do you expect from that second leg against chelsea given that i think we've now heard that rafael varan would not be available for that game okay uh, for your first question as to uh, which one would be prioritized here like Zidane for sure is prioritizing both of these uh, titles because the way we have been playing and the way the players have been exerting themselves throughout these last few months it shows that both the players and the coach themselves actually want to win both of them you know they want to do something like a repeat of their 16 17 season and um, as far as uh, playing against chelsea goes yes varan is not there but then again i received the news just today a little bit earlier in the day that uh, ramos and mendy both are fit to play against chelsea so i am expecting a traditional uh, 4-3-3 with mondi ramos militao and probably nacho or odriozola at like the back with uh, a traditional Cruz, Casemiro, Modric midfield and in the front we are probably hopefully going to have Hazard back so it's going to be Hazard, Benzema and probably Rodrigo or Asensio on the right wing. I mean, do, would you like Hazard to be back? No, Vinicius Jr. No, Vinicius Jr. Vinicius, uh, there's a there's a very good chance Vinicius might be benched in favour of Hazard so yeah, he'll probably start off from the bench given But Hazard will play a few minutes. Although I think that he is probably one of the best forward players after Benzema. True. So I would yes, rather but... have a I would rather have a front three of Hazard, Vinicius, and Benzema because this if these three front three players, then I think they are going to cause problems. Yeah, problem. but, uh, Vinicius unfortunately actually cannot play on the right wing, so I'm Rodrigo yeah. in that scenario is more versatile than him. Uh, Vinicius, if he has to play, it's going to be on the left wing. And Hazard might play more as a attacking midfielder in which think, case that would be a four-four-two. I think, four, four, I think you missed out on Asensio. He yeah, started I, games against Liverpool. I, so I, I think, think Asensio might be one. Yeah, I, I did mention. I did yeah, mention Asensio. He either him or Rodrigo okay. would be starting on the right wing. But I'd prefer Rodrigo to begin and Asensio to come on as a substitute. Yes. Uh, because Rodrigo, honestly, he's been far too good in the limited number of extremely limited number of chances that he's got. So I think yeah. he's a very good player to rely on. So yeah. I'm actually hoping for some real nice Hazard, Benzema, and that midfield magic to happen at Stamford Bridge. I just I hope Hazard comes in and he doesn't do much good against us because I can't see I can't see I can't see Hazard coming on and scoring against Chelsea or even assisting because that's going to be the worst thing. Coming to Stamford Bridge, he has played seven years for us. He's 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 a club legend, and even after he le- left the club, he said that every year I want Madrid and Chelsea to be to be yeah, brought yeah. into the tie, and then I want my dream to become true. So I don't know. His dream is First, coming true. Personally, personally, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't play Hazard. I just feel like he's just been so out of touch, and because he just keeps coming back from injury after injury, and I think Madrid play so much better. I think the chemistry is so much better when he's not there. But I suppose if he's there, Zidane tends to play him, and so I guess that is inevitable. Um, yeah, obviously, you know, the case of Hazard is that you know if he plays even. 70 minutes of football there might be just one opportunity where you need someone like hazard to step up so he'll do that he'll not make the player he'll create the chance and that's I mean, that's, 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 the hazard, what, that's the hazard that's the hazard you know, thing, yeah. but so, <laughs> we have known him from last 7 years so it's just one moment and whenever we want we have wanted him to step up the club yeah. is not winning hazard has always stepped up for the club so i think in that case against Chelsea in a very very important tie an experienced player like Hazard would be vital for Real Madrid 
and as far as his uh, you know playing time goes I, I, he played 10 or 15 minutes against betis that was a draw for us a couple of weeks ago but even in those uh, 15 minutes he was the player with the most i guess chances created on the most chances created agreed 15 yeah, minutes yeah, so that is quite uh, that, so i was actually quite impressed by that like yes. sort of that, that's a very good thing that he's you know uh, he'll be available for the second leg against chelsea so i am actually hoping he can do some of that magic against chelsea so also, also also you know i i personally feel that the 4-3-3 formation would be pretty much suited to madrid because what happened in the first leg is they wanted to counter us with the three at the back so we were playing three just to counter us madrid went with the three back since they didn't wanted to lose they knew chelsea are pretty much well good on the counter unlike liverpool who, who are more attacking you unit so just to match that formation it was three at the back but i feel at stamford bridge considering madrid have to score one goal from minute 1 so they would be switching to the 433 formation which they have been using over the last few seasons so yeah that's what i feel that madrid would line up awesome so i guess that's all the time we have for this particular segment thank you harsh and shubham for coming on to this podcast and giving your thoughts on the game I can't wait to host you for the second leg which I know will be played I think on Wednesday. So yeah, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. By that time we'll definitely know who's progressed to the final of the Champions League and who's unfortunately missed out on that opportunity. But for now, thank you once again for coming on here and giving your thoughts and like I said I can't wait to host you soon. Thank you. Thanks a lot Pradyuman. Thank you Harsh. Thank, thank, thank you so much Pradyuman. Thank, thank you so much. No problem. And uh, thank you to those of you who've been listening to this episode. Uh, if you've been listening either all the way from part one or if you just joined us from part two, I hope you enjoyed the football content that we are putting out here. And if you do, then please do review us. You can rate us. You can follow us on several different podcast platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Pandora. You name it, we're probably there. And if you had differing views to what you've heard on this episode, or or if you want to be a part of the podcast as well in the near future, then we'd love to hear from you. You can let us know either on Instagram or on Twitter, where I try to keep as active as possible. So I guess that's about it for episode number thirty-one of the MWF series. I'll catch you all next Wednesday. I'm your host, Pradi. Once again, you stay safe and see you.